Hello, it is Tuesday, November 3rd, biggest day of the year. It is NFL trade deadline day. Yeah! Today's show is probably going to be the lowest rated show we've ever had because there are some things happening in the world, obviously, that don't sure. revolve around the sports. <laughs> sure. uh, Aaron Rodgers will not be joining us today because he has practiced because they play on Thursday. So the afternoon schedule wasn't as free, but maybe we'll talk to him later in the week. Or next Tuesday, we'll get right back mm-hmm. on track. This this particular Tuesday, we have a, a former uh, first-round draft pick uh, of the Indianapolis Colts. Really? Who's now in government, who is up for election today. Wow. Cuban Anthony Gonzalez. All right. Gonzo. Great guy. Great host. Great. He took care of us whenever we went mm-hmm. to DC. We walked around the entire fucking thing. Yeah, speaker's balcony. It was awesome. Also, Mark Schlereth. Uh, we'll just talk to him about football. <laughs> a lot of football talk today. Bill Belichick flexed on everybody. Uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit of a distraction. But we very much understand that there's not a lot of people listening to today's show because mm-hmm. there's other things going on. So what I want to do is give away uh, $5,000. Wow. Yeah. Use the hashtag Pat I listened. Uh, take a picture of wherever you're at. Tweet us. And we'll randomly select... I guess ten five hundred dollar winners. Sounds good. Pretty awesome. Yeah, we appreciate you sticking with us here. A little bit of a distraction, hopefully, and also we very much understand this is going to be a low rated day. Oh yeah. What are you going to do? We might not even have ten people that win five hundred bucks. Maybe not. You can post on Instagram too. Hashtag Pat. I listened. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's hashtag. I don't know why, but I listened. Pat. Pat. I don't know why. Hashtag Pat. I don't know why, no apostrophe and don't, because that'll hurt the hashtag. Right. And the reason why we have a hashtag is so it's easy to search, by the way. We just click on it. So a lot of people enter our contest and they don't use the hashtag. And I appreciate them. And I see them in my Twitter feed. But when we're going through the winners, they're not in the list because they didn't use the proper hashtag. Right. Use the hashtag. Social media hasn't gotten a lot of things right. But the hashtag kind of putting everything into one spot, they did get right. Yeah, pretty huge. All right. So it's hashtag... P A T I D O N T, no apostrophe there. K N O W W H Y I L I S T E N E D. Pat, I don't know why I listened. There you go. I think you probably learned some shit from this show. I doubt it, but yeah, but you listened. Who knows? It'll be a good one. It'll but, be you good listened, one. <laughs> but you listened. Pat, I don't. Hashtag Pat, I don't know why I listened. Post it on Instagram or on Twitter. Picture where you're at right now, how you're spending your day, your night, and you automatically be entered in to win one of the ten five hundred dollar prizes we're giving away. There you go. Going into the holiday season, by the way, not bad. Hey, everybody could use it. Everybody. By the way, big sale Friday coming up here in a couple weeks at our store. Everything's going to be a pretty massive discount. A little pre Black Friday sale. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No Black Friday. No Black Friday. Big sale Friday. Big sale Friday. It's 2020, Ty. What do you mean? Have a little respect. Yeah, you're right. That is pretty insensitive. It is, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, what? You want to have a white Friday, too? Is that what you want, Ty? <laughs> I mean, if we if we get savings, maybe the following week. Big sale Friday will be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Okay, sounds good. Or maybe the Friday before Thanksgiving. That would actually be pretty smart. But if we do it before Thanksgiving, are we cucking Thanksgiving for holiday shopping? I don't think so. All right, so Big Sale Friday will be the Friday before Thanksgiving. Shout out to CFO Phil for just now learning this. That a baby, Phil. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Thank Phil. Thank you, Phil. You're a good guy. Big Sale Friday, the Friday before Thanksgiving. 
Not to be confused with Friday after Thanksgiving, which Ty loves. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. I don't. Yeah, you do. I used to have to work it all the time. I don't like it. And I always said that. I was like, you know what? This is pretty insensitive. I don't know why people are here. Do we know why it's called Black Friday? Uh, no. I don't. Red Friday would make sense because companies are losing money, so they're going into the red. Mm-hmm. But then that's probably like communists. Yeah, you're right. I really don't know. Someone out there does. Who cares? Out with it. In with Big Sale Friday, the that's Friday right. before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. at store.padmagshow.com. Also, hashtag Pat, I don't know why I listened. What did you listen to? Great question. Let's get to it. <laughs> it's Tuesday, November 3rd. <laughs> the biggest day of the year. Yes, we are talking about the NFL trade deadline is today. And also, uh, the presidential election is obviously happening. There's a lot of things to talk about in the world that we're living in, in the sports world. And we can't wait to do that for the next three hours here on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio (laughs) Channel 82. Uh, Last night, I hammered the Bucks minus 12 and a half against the New York football giants. And it looked bad early for the Buccaneers. It Ended bad late for the Buccaneers, but they get a win over Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. Tom Brady threw for 270-some yards, so the over of his passing yards did cash in. Tom Brady looks to be in a position that's very interesting right now. The Giants, Joe Judge. We all remember Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants, and I forgot about this when I hammered the Buccaneers minus 12.5. Joe Judge is building a culture over there. Joe Judge is building a team over there. And Joe Judge dove on a fumble in training camp whenever it was muddy out in front of his entire team. Oh, yeah. I should have known that they weren't going to go out and lay an egg on national television, primetime TV against the Buccaneers, against a quarterback that Joe Judge knows a lot about. They only, you know, they should have lost, to be honest. Buccaneers should have potentially lost that game. Yep. Danny Dimes tried to give it away a couple times, which was the entire focal point of the broadcast team. It sounded like whenever they're talking about Danny Dimes, it seems like everybody knows what Daniel Jones's limitations are, and it is that he gives the ball to the other team a lot. This is kind of like what they were saying about Jameis Winston. Will he ever be able to turn this around? Nobody knows. Who knows? We'll keep it moving. Week 8 in a gambling fashion for me was not my best. It's my first losing weekend that I've ever had in the NFL. Uh, and I would like to let everybody know that I'm going to bury the ball and I'm going to move on. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm burying the ball and I'm moving on. Week 8 is now completely finished. Tom Brady gets a dub. Now we look ahead. And what we look ahead to is Thursday night football. The Green Bay Packers in the riddled with just IR injuries, San Francisco 49ers. In the San Francisco 49ers, the last time they played the Green Bay Packers, 186 yards before contact on the ground rushing in the NFC Championship game. This Thursday night, George Kittle, at Jimmy G, at I believe Debo, at The 49ers currently have $80 million worth of cap space on their IR this season. What would that mean for Thursday night? We'll talk to Aaron Rodgers about it. Next Tuesday, probably. Ah! Yeah, yeah, next Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is not happening. I mean, this is a heartbreaker. You know, it is a heartbreaker for all of us. Short week. He's got work to do. He has his NFL mandatory press conference, I believe, happening here in like an hour. We'll try to kind of hack into that Zoom potentially (laughs) to hear what he's saying. But he has work. He has practice. They have a game in two days. Completely understandable. Excited to chat with him after that game. Maybe we'll try to prod him for a Friday call. Who knows? Yeah, but Thursday night football is right around the corner. Today, show though we have today's going to show the diversity of this show by the way mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh yeah we're a sports show aren't we yeah, oh yeah big, big time. time big sports show huge mm-hmm. i've always said does anybody give a damn what i 
think about any other topics other than football. Sure. No. Nah. No. People don't care. Okay. <laughs> they might. <laughs> people don't care. Well, nobody's going. And this is the problem with I think sports shows is sports personalities start getting so popular. You know what I mean? Get popular, you get a big platform, and then you automatically just start assuming like, okay, everybody wants to know what I think about everything because they follow me because my sports conversations are good. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of a trap that a lot of sports hosts uh, in the sports world fall into because of the vast importance of uh, the election, which I agree, vast important, but everybody just automatically assumes that their opinion is worth something in this world because they are potentially successful in another lane, okay? And, and I think that is uh, maybe the perfect example of lacking self-awareness. So I, whenever I got into this world, uh, I, I'm a pretty self-aware human being. That is why I think we have successes because we're a pretty self-aware show. Nobody wants to hear me talk about fucking politics, okay? Nobody's like, you know what? I wonder what Pat McAfee thinks about the presidential. Not, not a single yeah. person <laughs> is doing that. So we refrain from any of those conversations because A, we're not smart enough to do it, and B, nobody gives a fuck what we think about it. But today, I want to let you know, we have a politician coming on this show today. Whoa. Yeah, this politician just so happened to be a first-round draft pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Oh. This first-round draft pick at the Indianapolis Colts yeah. used to be a very good friend of mine, and this man is now in the House of Representatives mm -hmm. in Ohio. Shut Anthony up. Gonzalez will be joining us today. He is, he is up for re-election today, so let's hope uh, he wins, I guess. But I'm going to talk to him about what it's like transferring from sports to politi. And is politi similar to sports? And what do we need to know about what's going on today, not only with yourself, but the entire world? So we're a sports show, and we will talk about sports. But when you just so happen to have a very good friend who is also in the politi world in the middle of a sports season, it feels like this is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Sent him a text that. yesterday, said, hey, is there any way you can join the show? Uh, I'm not smart enough to have a conversation with He's graduated from The Ohio State, I think Stanford, another. He has like 16 degrees at Jeez. this point. He is smart. very, very smart. Excited to talk to him. And in the third or second hour of the show, we'll talk to a guy not about politics at all, Mark Schlereth yes. about yes. sports. Mm -hmm. So I just want to let you know, maybe we'll cover what's happening in the world because it's the right thing to do, I guess, is what everybody says. But know that none of us think that we should be persuading anybody into thinking a certain way about shit that actually matters. Know that we are self-aware enough for that. So Anthony Gonzalez will join us. Mark Schlereth will join us. AJ Hawk will join us. We will take your phone calls. Cannot wait to hear what you want to talk about. Uh, you can say whatever you want, by the way. You, you, when you call in, you can say whatever you want. Just know you might get ruined in front of a lot of people. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a chance you'll get ruined. Uh, but if you make a good call, can't wait to chat with you. one 888 mad dog 6 us have the greatest Tuesday in history. Everybody's acting like this is going to be the worst day in the history of the world. Uh, allegedly, potentially, some wars are about to pop off. I want to let you know. We got our blinders on. Hey, We're going into week nine of the That's NFL right. season. Let's, That's right. and let's make this the greatest Tuesday of all time. Joining me, a man who did not vote is a scumbag oh, at Tone Dix. I was gonna go vote, and I was driving to vote this morning. But I drove by McDonald's, and I was like, "Sausage, egg, and cheese sounds fucking delicious right now." <laughs> I like that. So I went in there, and the drive-through was packed, and it took like twenty minutes. So I didn't have time to vote anymore. It's like, <laughs> funny, you say, yeah, it's funny you say that. Funny you say that because Indiana. 
uh, at least where I went, Ty went. Mm -hmm. I think everybody else in here except for you, Tone. Very quick. Yeah, yeah, super quick. In and out. Super quick. Average wait time, I guess, uh, they're saying here in the local news, like 10, 15 minutes somehow. Did not expect that to happen. Have no idea how they fixed it from just a few days ago where it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about that. But Tone's the only one in the room that chose not to vote. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, I I thought the more American thing to do would be to go to McDonald's and grab a sausage egg. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look at you supporting small business here on this Tuesday. Small business, McDonald's uh, at Boston Connor. We're going to dive into something that Bill Belichick said and I don't want to give it away and dive into that conversation yet, but it's nice to know that Bill Belichick is a human. Now, with that being said, after seeing what the Giants were able to do to the Bucs last night with a much worse roster than the New England Patriots currently have, do you think that the Patriots are going to potentially win some games here? Uh, they, they were in it against the Bills, could have won that game. Obviously, ball gets punched out late. That goes overtime. Who knows what's going to happen? Or maybe even score there and win the game. And with the NFL potentially projecting a 16-team playoff mm. as opposed to a 14-team playoff, which they just changed this year. It used to be a 12-team playoff. So it went from 12 to 14 this year. Okay, one more team added in each conference. Now they're thinking if it if there's more cancellations or shuffling of the uh, the schedule and they can't make up for games, maybe they'll have a week 18. But if it gets too much out of hand, they'll just make it a 16 team playoff. Yes. Only half. You only have to be half uh, uh, as good as half the uh, division or conference or whatever. That would be insane. And what if Bill Belichick makes it in because of this and somehow goes on a goddamn run, Connor? Could easily happen. I mean, we're bottom five right now. But if you look at some of the games we played, we played the Seahawks real close, played the Chiefs real close. I mean, everything hasn't gone perfect, but there's still plenty of time to turn it around. Okay, that is some breaking news in the NFL is that they went to a 16-game season or a 16-game playoff or 16-team playoff. You get it. And they're talking about that. Some actual breaking news just came out of the NFL. Uh, Ian Rappaport says uh, the Broncos general manager, John Elway, and CEO Joe Ellis are away from the facility due to COVID-19 positive tests. And then to clear it up, John Elway and CEO Joe Ellis have tested positive for COVID-19. Source said they are confident the transmissions originated from outside the building. Well, fucking take, clear it up. Boys, come on. They're confident it happened outside the building. What were you doing outside the building? I thought we were locking it down. Which makes me think back to the A.J. Dillon situation where A.J. Dillon was playing the football all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if he's, if everybody's, because it's going to take all of us. Takes all, takes all of us. us. I tweeted last night, it takes all of us. And a lot of people came after me like, oh, don't need you talk about voting. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Whoa. No. There's a lot more it takes all of us than just fucking voting. Correct. Come on. Yeah. How about the NFL getting off the goddamn ground? <laughs> yeah. And now we know John Elway and Joe Ellis are like, ah, no, no, we were actually at a uh, we're at a COVID event. Yeah. Two, two Car dealership fundraiser, probably. <laughs> no mask. That's wild. Hopefully, hey, by the way, hopefully they'll survive this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully yeah. they'll be safe. But the AJ Dillon thing has been very intriguing because it does feel like the information we've been getting, AJ Dillon potentially forgot that. It takes all of us. And Ty, I think you were potentially the one that got this type of information, and this is all alleged, obviously. Right. But I think this gives an inside look at what NFL players are being asked to do and not to do at this particular time. Ty, what was the information that you got in your DM that we're not 100% sure is true, but boy, there's some damning evidence that, that indicates that it potentially is. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or also. I don't want to you know, take shots at AJ Dillon, but apparently uh, he went out to a birthday dinner with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, celebrating birthdays, bro. Dinner? Are you kidding dinner. me? They went out to dinner. At a restaurant? Yeah, public. Had birthdays. He even, sang, hey, he even sang happy birthday to her. 
Kick them off. Did, the, did the whole wait staff come over and sing happy birthday? Because uh, that's completely different. Yeah, it's something to think about. Were they at Texas Roadhouse? Did they hop on the goddamn saddle and everybody yelled yeehaw? I mean, these are questions that wow. we have. But whenever you dive in <laughs> even deeper, I guess she... Uh, I think she goes to the University of Wisconsin. I, again, don't know if that's true or and not, but allegedly, that's university, what this guy was telling me. We were told by somebody who was either at the restaurant and saw it going down right. or whatever, or saw the photos that she posted on the mm-hmm. internet or something like that. So he went to dinner. This scumbag took his girlfriend out to dinner on her birthday. Okay, He sang happy birthday to her. Then he all of a sudden tests positive on Sunday, and it's like, A.J. Dillon, do you— do you even care about the NFL, pal? Yeah. Do you even care about the NFL, pal? What about pal? the Shield? <laughs> what about the Shield? Not even allowed to go out to a birthday dinner with your lady. Yeah. Come on. That's it's wild. DoorDash for a reason. It's insane that they've made it this far, by the way. It's, it's, we're eight it weeks really in. is. It's insane <laughs> that we've made it this far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clappy. Clappy clap. I eight weeks down, only one game has really been uh, terribly changed, and that was the Titans-Steelers event, which was the first oh, real outbreak or whatever. Everything mm-hmm. else has kind of been shuffled around and changed and everything like that. But it, the fact that that is potentially what happened, which is what people are saying, like, yeah, right. that's how it happened. Nobody's allowed to go out to their significant, not allowed to do anything for your significant other's birthday. You need to go home, lock yourself in there. And if it's your kid's birthday, don't even fucking look at them. Nope. They'll have other birthdays, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Plenty. That they'll remember, too. Well, week nine of the 2020 NFL season coming around again? Well, never again. Never nope. get it back. <laughs> It's so hard to be mad at these people. No, yeah. It is so hard. Like the A.J. Dillon thing, that guy who sent you that message, I saw it, right? Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to make A.J. Dillon look bad or whatever. I think so, too. But whenever you look at it, it's like, it's his girl's birthday. Like That is tough. To, yeah. But, hey, lock it down, A.J. Well, lock it down, pal. It's the same thing. It's the Justin Turner thing. It's like, how, how do we get to a point where he, he can test positive and then play an entire game. It's like that—that that is an oversight that I just. I mean, that's what happened to AJ Dillon. That, that's what I'm saying. And like, now for Thursday night, uh, Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. who's also in the running back room, who got a lot of play time because Aaron Jones has a strained calf, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Williams is a high risk contact tracer with AJ Dillon because on the bench you see running back sit in an area. Wide receivers sit in an area, tight ends sit in an area, so that the coach can come over and chat with them, and then people can bounce around. So he was just sitting next to AJ Dillon probably all goddamn day, mm-hmm. uh, probably in breakfast, yeah, probably uh, on the bus ride over to the stadium or whatever, or in his probably in the locker room before the game, probably warming up uh, on the sideline because the Vikings had the ball a long time mm-hmm. sitting there. So Jamal Williams was in a high risk for obvious reasons. It's like. If in nobody else is in the high-risk category, that's a big win for Green Bay, seeming that A.J. Dillon played an entire game with COVID. That's wild. But now they have no running backs for Thursday night's game against the San Francisco 49ers, which would be a great bounce-back game, but they got no running backs, basically. And the Niners, Kyle Shanahan designed some runs against the Green Bay Packers last year. It doesn't matter who had the ball. Anybody would have done what they did. Yeah, Aaron Jones, I think they said they're being very cautious, so they don't know if he was going to play. The only other two guys they have, Dexter Williams, he was a sixth-round pick who was on the practice squad and then Tyler Irvin who is basically a receiver but has gotten a couple carries so but like you said I mean if you can't stop the fucking run it really doesn't matter who you got playing now. It's crazy what's going on down there in Wisconsin. Uh, What's up dude? Speaking of Wisconsin their game this weekend just was canceled like 10 minutes ago so if they have one more game canceled they cannot participate in the Big Ten championship. And we're three weeks into the season. They had the first ever Big Ten game this year against uh, Illinois on primetime television and here we are two and a half weeks after that in their one game 
uh, one more game away from not being able to participate in the Big Ten Championship. And by the way, let's not even talk about the Big Ten Championship. Let's talk about Graham Mertz getting a 21-day oh, suspension, no. basically, because he tested positive for COVID. That guy hasn't even picked up a football yet. If I know anything about, I mean, Michigan, University of Michigan, they got billionaires with houses up there. But if, if the University of Wisconsin's housing is anything like most colleges, what's Graham Mertz doing? Throwing go routes down the hallway of his house that's, what, 10, 15 <laughs> feet long? Like, 21 days, that guy's not allowed to touch a football, not allowed to do anything. Now Wisconsin's got their second game in a row canceled. It'll be a no contest. I mean, it is. The Big Ten, the presidents are sitting back laughing and enjoying this. Oh, yeah. Especially because... No, Wisconsin wasn't one of them. No, it was Nebraska, Iowa, yeah. the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But, boy, if, if Wisconsin was Nebraska, I think, or, or Iowa or the Ohio yeah. State that voted for it when everybody else voted against it, they'd be coming out with, like, uh, so uh, how do you feel about your <laughs> vote from the beginning now? They set the Big Ten up for failure. Oh, yeah. Without question. They set it up for failure. And uh, Kevin Warren, I believe is his name, the Big Ten commissioner, he'll come out and say that they, they you know, with new information how they did – they set it up for failure. They they delayed starting at three weeks mm-hmm. when everybody else came back so that they could say, we gave you a season, right? We, we did what you guys wanted. We gave you a season. But they left zero room for error, and every single league has needed room for error thus far, including the MLB. The NBA shut down their entire season. Everybody's like, the bubble work. It's like, yeah, but you forget. They shut down their entire season. The Utah Jazz MC, or, or uh, arena announcer, said, uh, right before a game started, everybody needs to exit the building. And you heard people screaming, oh, my God. Oh, you are not in any danger, but you need to evacuate. Oh, screaming. So, like, every single league has been affected by it somehow, some way. And the Big Ten was like, well, if you want it so bad, make it work. And it's like, well, here we are three weeks into it, and one team's already potentially disqualified from the Big Ten championship. Do you think if they do have to miss another game, like, is there any point in them playing anymore? It's like, all these guys aren't going to lose a year of eligibility. Why the hell would you trot out there and just potentially get hurt when you're not playing for anything and nothing matters? You know, it's very interesting because that can go both ways. It's like the game does, the, the year doesn't matter, and it's not going against their eligibility. Why not just go out there and – you know, try some new stuff potentially, Mm -hmm. but then also like why risk or jeopardize potential injury, which happens on a football field on a regular. So it's like two different ways of looking at it. You know, for me, for for instance, if I'm a punter over there, I'm lobbying hard to potentially get some quarterback snaps. You know, like, Hey, this year doesn't matter anyways. Why don't you go ahead and let me swing rock around tape out. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and get some on film. So next year they know every fourth down potential weapon, or uh, do they just continue to play like four games all year and just use it as like a spring season almost Mm -hmm. or or like a a off season. Basically it's all a bunch of bullshit to be honest with you. It's, and I'll be excited to see how it changes after today, obviously. I think yeah. Yeah. a lot of things are potentially changing after today. And also, how are teams like Wisconsin going to do next year when there's five full recruiting classes on, in a locker room? Like, are they going to be able to handle that or no? For any of the teams that, you know, have that many players. Not just five, by the way. It's like six full. Six, yeah. Yeah, because you got a redshirt class, right? Then the four classes, and then you the got incoming. Then you got the incoming. Yeah. And let's not even talk about the blue shirts, the gray True. shirts. Oh, oh, oh gray shirts, they academically ineligible for the first semester. They're, the blue shirts is an injury one. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the amount of shirts that you could potentially have in that locker room. Tell you what, they better be uh, sanitized because we don't need any of those shirts no. having fucking COVID. That's, That's the truth. That's right. Uh, Zito, before we get to this break, before we get Anthony Gonzalez on the show. Oh, yeah. Your poll today might be the biggest poll that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Zito, what is your big old poll for today? Uh, yeah, we went simple today. Uh, who wins the 2020 election? 
Uh, Joe Jorgensen, 6.3% right now. <sighs> Kanye, 15.4%. Nice. Biden, 32.6%. Trump, 45.8%. Early, early lead in the polls oh, by yeah. Trump. Uh -oh, Joe. People have been saying that the pollsters don't know shit. Zito's poll has proven to be dead wrong True. a lot of the time. True. Yeah. So look out for Joe Jorgensen potentially yeah. making a big run here. One. <laughs> She's libertarian candidate, by the way. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Like Mr. Rainwater here in Indiana for yep, the governor. Nice. Ah, yeah. I love Rainwater. Do you? Yeah. Sometimes I drink it. It's not safe. <laughs> I'm pumped for this convo because I feel like I did do like a... Uh, What's that, what was that called in high school? You did civics class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I did a civics class, but I still don't understand how any of it works. You know what I mean? Like, I, like whenever I looked into what he is, it's, he's a house of representative. Yeah. Okay. All I know is when he took us into the house that he works in, he gave us the best tour I've ever seen in my entire yes, life. He did. We yeah. were on. We were on. Uh, I think the speaker's, speaker's balcony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was wearing a sleeveless hoodie. I was on the speaker's balcony. There was a lot of eyes coming at me. And Gonzo was like, "Oh, let's go down here. We go down this other hallway. We go see it. We see a uh, like." The, I guess the room where they battle each other in—that's yeah. been around for since the beginning of the country, I guess. And mm -hmm. it's like there's 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 like blood on the stairs. So I mean, we learned a lot just from talking to them. And I can't wait to chat with them again now with people getting a chance to listen to us talk to them. Uh, former teammate of mine, former first round draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts, now a member of the U.S. House of Representatives over there in Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Ohio State University, Anthony Gonzalez. Yeah! Hey, how are you? I'm great. Okay, before we get into this, I want to say thank you for joining us. I know it's a big day for you. You're up for re-election. We all assume you're going to be a future president, so you already won today. Congrats. Hell yeah. 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 Nice Congrats, Congrats, dude. Thanks, buddy. Uh, um, <laughs> the transition from sport to politician, was that an easy one? Is that one whenever you were playing? Like, whenever you and I were hanging out, having a good time or doing whatever, in the back of your mind, were you thinking you were going to get into politics at some point? Or how did this naturally happen? I thought I'd get into it at some point. I didn't think I'd get into it when I did. Um, so my, my thought was, you know, after I left the Colts and I took a, I had a cup of coffee in New England, I went... Uh, to Stanford, got my MBA. I was going to stay in the business world for a very long time. Uh, and then, you know, this, this will sound corny, but it's, it is the God's honest truth. Um, I just felt like a, a bit of a calling. I felt like now was the right time to get in as things were getting crazier and crazier by the second. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm a fairly level-headed person. I, I, I think I can bring something different to Congress. Um, and so that was the goal. Uh, and and I you know it's turns out it's a lot harder than I thought um, <laughs> trying to change the, the tone and tenor of Congress but uh, but but we've we've made a lot of progress uh, as an office and, and as a staff and I'm, I'm proud of our first two years and, and hope to have two more okay so uh, you're in Congress which I just learned here in this conversation just a second ago while you said that the 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 idea of how that place operates because I only know about politics from whenever a video will enter into my timeline on the internet and normally all hell is breaking loose when if, if politics make it into my my twitter or my social feed all hell is breaking loose what is your job as a uh, house of representative in the congress world and what the hell do you guys do over there <laughs> great question great you're not getting this question, question by any politician hard this is a hard-hitting question gonzo that is an amazing question uh so 
Look, you know, what we do is we pass the laws that ultimately govern the country. Uh, if you read Article One of the Constitution, it's short, won't take you long. You'll see exactly outlined in detail what we're supposed to do. Um, my goal, one of my goals is to make sure that we do not come across your timeline very often. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, I think the proper place for politics is in the background of everybody's life, not in the front. Um, and, you know, the, if we're doing our job correctly and, and we're passing laws and we're not, you know, trying to kill each other every two seconds, uh, metaphorically speaking, then, you know, then, then we don't show up in your timeline. The country runs smoothly uh, and everybody's happy uh, when we do what we typically do, which is just fight like cats and dogs. Uh, that's when things get a little hairy uh, and, and it gets frustrating for, for me personally. I don't I don't get angry much except for when we do that. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't play the partisan games that everybody plays. I just want to see us do things uh, that are productive and that move the country forward. Uh, and when we get in our own way, that's what I find completely distasteful. Okay, uh, but that's also why I got into it. Okay, well, congrats on passing laws, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. hey, Good for you. Two years of passing laws and stuff. It's incredible. Uh, it's the cool. past. I feel like the last two years was obviously your first two years in politics. It has been. Interesting that you said that whenever it's in the background, it's better than it for the last two years, for the last four years. This is the most the politics have ever been just shoved down everybody's throats. It feels like that's kind of why our show does well, because we've somehow maintained an oblivious effect to that entire thing just because we're so stupid and we got our blinders on. OK, so whenever you go over there and you're kind of baptized into the politic world in the middle of the most contentious time in the history of politics, it feels like what is the mindset is like every day, like, OK, I got to figure out how I find an ally? Is it like a like survivor or big brother? It's like, okay, I got to find allies in here. Or is it like, I have to get like, what is the mindset every day going in there that it doesn't just you don't get a part of the entire massive feuds that seem to be flaring up every single day over there? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll tell you what my focus is. My focus, first and foremost, is on my district. I represent Northeast Ohio. We have plenty of issues, and, and I try to do everything I can to grow our economy and, and keep us safe and all those things. Um, now, in the context of doing that, I focus the vast majority of my time on getting smart on the actual legislation, what we're working on, and relationship building, specifically with the other side. So, look, I, it's not hard for me to get my own side to agree with me. Uh, it's a lot harder to get to the other side. Um, and so I spend as much time as possible building friendships, frankly, and I have great friendships on both sides of the aisle um, doing just that. I mean, if you've ever put any business deal together, it's hard to do it if you hate the person you're working with, right? So, um, you know, we try to bring the, the, the tenor down uh, and do it that way. And in terms of sort of what, how it works, it's sort of like raising kids uh, for anybody who who has kids listening to the show where just when you think you've got it figured out, they change six different ways. And, <laughs> and you know, you all of a sudden they're, you know, throwing poop on the floor or something. It's uh, it's it's that kind of uh, a, uh, a dynamic where you, you can't ever really figure it out uh, as soon as you're you're close. Things change in, a, in an instant. Um, but that's what makes it fun, frankly, um, because it, it keeps you on your toes at all times. OK, so how old are you now, Gonzo? 36. Okay, so you're 36. Happy birthday. I missed a couple. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, congrats. Birthday gifts coming from the office. But so you're 36 years old. It feels like, and I might be mistaken here, but when it gets into my particular world or realm or it's on TV or whatever, it's like, what, 95 to 100-year-olds in there. Do you feel as if 
you're potentially getting you're like in an old man and ladies game like is that a tough thing because i would assume there's like a set way things happen for a long time and then when a younger generation has to come in is it like you either buy in or get the hell out or is it like how can we potentially adapt this process into a much more modernized world to get things done is that kind of how you have to approach it yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to push the envelope because I'm somebody who's not particularly patient uh, for, for results and, and Congress is as slow as can be. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I think that's one of the frustrations that a lot of people in, in our sort of age range have, which is you look at TV and it's like, who who are these people? Like, wh- who represents me out here? Um, and it's, it's hard to find sometimes. Uh, and so, again, I, I wanted to provide uh, a voice that, you know, can, can bring a lot of different people together, not just you know, reds and blues, but just people who want to see the government work better. Um, and, you know, there are institutional forces, certainly, that have been there for probably 200 plus years uh, that keep things slow and, and, you know, give power to people who, you know, most Americans would prefer didn't have power. Um, but uh, but that's that's the process that we're stuck with right now. Um, and again, the, the goal is to, inside of that, inside of our, our structure, which I think is, quite frankly, the best structure that's ever been created, the U.S. Constitution. Inside of that, how do you make change Amen. that moves uh, the country forward? Um, okay, real sports show question. Are you ready for this sports show question I'm about to say? Yes. So, Gonzo, is the feeling similar to catching a 70-yard <laughs> go route whenever you get a law or bill passed in Congress? Is that the same type of satisfaction and self-gratification you get whenever you catch a go route from Peyton Manning yeah, yeah, or an out yeah, yeah. for a first down on third down from Peyton Manning Ooh. as whenever you put a piece of legislature in front of the Congress and they say, yay, instead of nay? Is it the same type of feeling, Gonzo? Is that the same? Is that a good metaphor, Gonzo? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a great, it's actually a great metaphor. Okay. Hey, big, hey. big sports show, Gonzo. Big sports show. I want one of those hoodies, by the way, that you got going on. Ooh, I can get you one of these. It's a performance. It's a performance hoodie, so you can work out. And I don't know if you get to work out anymore now that you're uh, changing the world, Captain America style. Do you? I do. I do. I'm more of a, a runner and a you know swimmer, I guess. But oh, uh, but I'll get in there. Um. Today, you're up for re-election. What does the day look like? And what has the process been getting to this day? It has to be nerve-wracking. I mean, I remember in high school, whenever people were running for, like, class stuff, the kids were nervous, right? They were, like, actually nervous. Like, who cares if you win or not? I would assume for a real election, there has to be some real nerves, or is it just like, uh, I did all I could for two years, we'll get there? And what does today feel like and look like to you? There's definitely nerves. Um, I mean, it... Again, similar to, to sports, you know, big game. It, it, I have not slept well in probably two or three weeks. Uh, as, as the day, you know, approaches, you, you go from sleeping, you know, seven hours a night to something like four or three. Um, I think I woke up at two in the morning last night and just, you know, disappeared into my phone until my son woke up. Um, so, you know, you, you definitely have have that dynamic for sure. Um, but, you know, like, like anything else, you you sort of build up to it, right? So, like, everything that's going to happen today has been baked over the last, you know, however many months, right? You've been out campaigning, you've been raising money, you've been passing legislation, you've been working for your community. All of those things build up to this day. Um, so, I actually, from an analogy standpoint, I think it's more like a boxing match where you train, 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 you have one shot. Uh, and if you don't win on that day, 
uh, then you know you're starting all over again. Uh, unlike a season where you know you get multiple shots at it. Uh, I am ignorant to this, so please answer this question. And if it alludes to something incredibly illegal, definitely tell me that as well. <laughs> whenever it comes, whenever people are raising money, right? You always hear about, oh, this campaign has raised this amount of money, and it is. For the presidential election, it is a lot of fucking yeah. money. Does that money just go right into the pocket of the politician? Or, like, for you, your campaign money, like, what was that money used for? And why is money so important? Is it just strictly so you can get your message across in so many different ways? Yeah, so, you know, you can't physically touch every voter in the district, right? I have, you know, roughly 750,000 people in my district. Um, and, you know, you try to meet as many as you can. But just if you did that all day, you, you physically can't do it. So... What the money provides is an opportunity for you to communicate with your voters, either through the mail or through digital or through TV. I mean, all these ads that you see, that's what they all go towards. Uh, they go towards ads and, and then, you know, the people making them uh, pocket a pretty penny, I'm sure. Absolutely none of it goes to the politician, uh, which is exactly what it should be. Um, but, yeah, all, the, all those ads that you're sick of seeing, uh, that's where all the money goes. Did you do you have any attack ads on you? What did they say about you? He's oh. bald and stupid. <laughs> what, did, what did the attack ads say about you, or did you not have any? Because that's awesome. I didn't have any of this go around. I mean, look, it's it's the same you know nonsense that everybody says. I mean, there's not it, they literally even if it's not true, they'll just make it up. I will say this: last cycle, somebody had an attack ad of me dropping a pass at Ohio State. Oh, <laughs> should have called it. Yeah, saying, uh, you know, you, how can you trust this guy to catch anything? So which we said, like, thank you for reminding the voters that I was the guy who they watched at Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you played pretty well at Ohio State, by the way. Uh, you are pretty good at the thank football. Um, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, uh, Anthony, while you were at Ohio State, I believe uh, A.J. Hawk was also there. Uh, was there anything yeah. that you saw from him where you're like, wow, this guy's a certified nut job? Or was, <laughs> or was he just kind of like a normal dude? AJ, honestly, and that, no, I know you guys have him on the show a lot. Uh, he was the best college player that I played against or with. I mean, in, in practice, he was unbelievable. Really? Uh, he was first off. He, I think he was faster than the receivers. Like his forty time at the combine was, or at, at pro day was like four three seven or some crazy thing. Uh, and so you got AJ at you know two fifty running around trying to rip your head off. And literally, I'll never forget this. I told this to somebody the first time he tackled me. I literally felt like he was trying to drive me through the ground yeah. and like four feet underneath. I mean, that's how AJ Hawk tackled, um, and uh, he was amazing. Did you know that he actually retired Kirk Herbstreet as a sophomore in high school? Herbstreet came back for an alumni game over there at uh, Centerville High School, and AJ went helmet to jaw on Herbstreet, and he retired forever. Knocked him out, tried to kill him. Yeah, that's what that's what AJ Hawk does, by the way. That's that AJ Hawk only knows one way. That big ass chin is flying, and if you get in the way, CTE City's next, pal. What do you got, Tone? Uh, Representative Gonzalez, you talked about um... <laughs> this guy did not vote. Hey, Gonzo, this guy did not vote. aren't closed yet first off oh, <laughs> oh, now you're uh, you talked about representing northeast ohio and potentially fixing that is the most unfixable thing in northeast ohio the browns <laughs> yes <laughs> we're great this year i mean you know what well. this is this is the best team that we've had uh probably in 20 years um which isn't saying something but i, I like the team i like i like stefanski i like andrew barry pat we were with andrew in, in india yeah you remember um, great guy, super smart, probably the smartest guy in the entire NFL. Agree. Um, and uh, and so you know, if if you have those pieces, and 
you know, we got a heck of an offense. Defense needs a little work. I, I, uh, I'm optimistic for the Browns. It's going to be tough to catch the the Steelers and the Ravens, though. Yeah, it's going to be Steelers are undefeated. And Ben Roethlisberger just uh, – I won't say it to you because you're on the screen here. I shouldn't talk about what I'm – Ben Roethlisberger's changed his life off the field, and now he's oh, yeah. completely in. I don't know if you've seen the headlines. Been trying to, anymore. All right, we're not getting into it. We got a representative in, in – uh, in, do you have something for me? Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, Gonzo, uh, at this stage of your career, do more people recognize you as their uh, congressman or, I mean, as their representative, or do more people recognize you as an Ohio State legend? And follow up, are you a congressman because you're in Congress? Oh. Yes, is the answer to that. Yeah. Oh, oh hey. Hey. Just learn some Good more. Job. Civics 101 right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's not my thing, but I uh, voted. The answer to the question is probably both. But so, like, now it's, it's definitely because of Congress. So, like, last night my wife and I were at dinner uh, with our team, and some guy came over. It's actually pretty funny. He's like, hey, you're, you're – family immigrated here from cuba right i said yeah he goes i bet you hate communism (laughs) and just walked it off off. such a good political one-liner oh my god yeah so of course he's right (laughs) um you're a young guy 36 years old taking on government and you talked about andrew barry there with the cleveland browns he's a young guy that's currently the gm and you alluded to it in your original conversation about the 200 year old institutions that make things tough how important is it for that next generation of people to join alongside you and like care about politics because right now the younger generation our generation or anything younger the only thing we know is social media posts about people who say things about politics and that's about it how important is it truly for like a younger generation that can maybe have some different ideals about what's really important not important to get into the entire government world and uh do you feel like a hero being a 36 year old guy that's going into being congress and trying to change the world because you should well i appreciate it. i do not feel like a hero but uh you're doing more than us are yeah. you are a hero in terms of the uh getting involved so one thing I'll say, I think social media is going to be the death of American politics at some point. I mean, it is just a absolute cesspool uh, of, yeah. of political information. And if, for somebody who's in it, like, you know, you watch these tweets that just take off and get, you know, 100,000 likes or a million likes or whatever it is. And you're reading like 95 percent of this is completely inaccurate. Uh, but but it's up there and, and people, you know, they gravitate towards it. And, and uh, it's very misleading and, and difficult. So that aside, um, one thing about getting involved in politics that you realize is how much of an impact one individual voter or one individual person can really have in our country on somebody like me, right? So, like, I represent, like I said, 750,000 people. The only way I know what to do is from talking to my constituents and hearing them tell me, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to focus on. Here's what I, I need out of the government right now. And if people get involved at that level where they seek out their representative and make their voice heard, if you have any kind of representation at all, that person is going to go to work for you and go to bat for you because he works for you. At the end of the day, I literally work for the 750,000 voters or uh, constituents in my district. And so um, if you and if you don't do that and you're frustrated and angry and you think this is all you know garbage and, and you hate politics, um, then you're going to continue to be disappointed. But I, I do think if ultimately everybody takes ownership of the direction of the country in their own way and in their own community, 
you'd be surprised at, at how much you can move the needle just on an individual basis. I was shocked, frankly, um, when you when you really think back on it. And it's like, wow, the reason we passed that bill is because these six people told me about it. Uh, and, and we went in and put it before a committee and rallied up the support for it, got it passed. And now my community's better off. Um, you know, those those sorts of things can happen. Uh, but they only happen if you're engaged. That's like fulfillment, I'd assume, in the politics world right there, where six people allude or, or tell you about something, and then it's your job. Instead of being, which I think, by the way, and this is just me going to speak about your peers, uh, it feels like political activists get into politics, and then they forget that they're politicians. They still think they're political activists. It's like, yo, I don't need you telling me what the fuck's wrong. I need you to go fix it. Like, that is why you're there. And it feels like that's potentially a problem in the politics world. And it's interesting what you said about the social media thing. It's like, uh, I remember going to the Colts, and I would see, like, a Schefter tweet about something at our practice. Before I even got in, I'm like, how's this guy know? Like, how does this guy know before I even know? Because I might have been in the weight room or whatever. And most of the time, the insiders are accurate. With the misinformation that you just alluded to, is a lot of the stuff that you see just completely blown out of proportion and wrong? And is is that, is should we be... I mean, is everything we know a lie? Like, what? Like, oh, no. Did you just scare me right there, Gonzo? Like, I think you just kind of scared me there a little bit. No, I mean, look, I think... The political rhetoric uh, that a lot of politicians, people in my position, and cable news traffic in is garbage. I think it's pure garbage. Uh, it's not meant to inform. It's not meant to move anybody closer together. It is simply meant to incite and to drive social media hits. Um, and that's dangerous because, look, I haven't tweeted in like four months. This was one of my wife's great coronavirus ideas. She's like, look, you're miserable on that thing. Just don't tweet anymore. So I'm much happier as a result. <laughs> Having said that, um, if, I, if, if, I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to double my followers within two weeks, I think I could do it. All I would have to do is become a, a raving lunatic, right? And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, political capital goes up somehow um well that's destructive it's not helpful and uh and again i I think most people in the country despite what happens on social media um don't want that and so you know it's it's our job as representatives i think to to provide honest answers and to be truthful with your constituents on what's going on and how it's going to affect them Uh, and then they get to decide every two years in my position uh whether they want to keep you on or throw you out how long are we staying in this? You going to do this for the long haul? Are you going to be President Gonzalez one day? That'd be pretty cool for, yeah. for us personally. Yeah, yeah. come on. Cool for us. If you have me on every day for the, for the next three years, no. <laughs> You're going to have to start being a raving lunatic then. If you yeah, want, yeah. hey, listen, if you want it, Bob, yeah. you asked for it. You got to do it. No, is there any aspirations for that, or is it just like I got to do? I'm just no, going to take it I one day. Honestly, I I think, um, and this is you know not a not a BS answer. Look. The job I have is very difficult. It's very, very difficult on my family. Uh, it's a tough job. I love it. I love it more than any job I've ever had. Um, and, you know, I, I will do it as, as long as my voters will have me. Um, if there's anything else that I consider, the only way I would, I would do it is if I felt like I could make a bigger impact. Uh, and it worked for me and my family way before I'm a member of Congress. I'm a dad and I'm a husband. And, you know, that, that has to always be priority one. Um, and so, you know, you take care of that and then we'll see what happens down the road. But I, I would be 
As I'm sitting here today, I can't see it, to be perfectly honest. I'll tell you what, you just gave a presidential speech right there. (laughs) Good luck today. I hope you get another two years. We appreciate you so much. And congratulations, man. This is really cool. Not a lot of NFL people can say this. So I'm very thankful you came on and joined us today. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me. Hey, thanks for walking us around that building. Yeah. Yeah. What What was the building we were in? We weren't in the White House. Really? You no. were in the you were in the Capitol. Oh. Yeah, you're damn right we were. That was yeah, so much were. fun. <laughs> Anthony Gonzalez. Yeah. Thank you so, <laughs> so sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that there's a sunglass company out there that's doing business better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company, so they are not just some big corporation that overcharges for shades. No, 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 no. Everyone knows that sunglasses are way overpriced and all come from the same goddamn factory, so stop letting people screw you over with the pricing and turn to our friends at Shady Rays. Wish I would have known that a couple months ago. Yep. See that? Mm-hmm. Shady Rays uh, is out to do it differently with premium polarized shades at a fraction of the big-name brand cost. Really? What are some of your favorite fractions? Uh, one-eighth. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think half normally is uh, the crowd pleaser. Yeah, Definitely. Three-fourths. Oh, you're talking about three-fourths. Now, three-quarters is a good one. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people talk about four-fifths, but that is a pretty important one. 80-20 one is well. normally how a lot of things are separated. Mm-hmm. Seven-eighths. Now we're talking about small little numbers there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I hate the idiots that are like eight-tenths. <laughs> it's like, no, dude. It's four-fifths. Divide those, okay? Fucking have a little respect for math. Simplify it. I didn't know what that word was. I forgot what that simplify those things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Shady Rays is doing business and only charging a fraction. Whatever fraction is your favorite, that implies that it's a lot less than the other shit at a fraction of the price. Great people. Shady Rays has also one of the best warranties in all of anything. Really? They'll replace your shades if they're lost or broken for any reason at all. Wow. They will replace your shades. For any reason. It doesn't matter if you... Step on them. It doesn't matter if you... Drop them in the pool and lose them. Pools, most pools are closed, but maybe down in the south. It doesn't matter if you... Uh, you know, roll over them with your car. Oh, that's possible, too. Because mm-hmm. you know what you do? You get out of the... you get It's in your pocket. You get out of the car. It falls out of your pocket. You don't know that you put them under there. You get in your car the next day. You back up. What happens? You crunch them. It doesn't matter if you do that or if you... Your dog eats them. Yeah, possible. Tears them apart. It doesn't matter if you... You know, they slide out of your pocket and you just lose them in your car, can't find them. It doesn't matter if whenever you're going to take a shit, it falls out of your pocket, goes in the toilet, got a bunch of poop on it now. Yep, doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Somebody steals them. Oh, which does happen. All the time. Not at John Jones' house, but... Jeez. Somebody tried to steal a John Jones' shady raised glasses out of his car. John Jones came sprinting out of the garage with a shotgun. <laughs> Tell you what. Not sure there's many other houses that would be worse to try to break into than John Bones Jones. Maybe Brock Lesnar's? Yeah. The Rock? Well, you're not breaking into Rock's house. True. Anyways, they stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem with anything, they throw a profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order placed and have already provided over 10 million meals to date. Subtle flex there by how many 
uh, orders they've gotten, but also taking care of the world. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, doing God's work. Exclusively for listeners of this show, they have the best deal they have to offer. This is a big sale Friday level deal. Wow. Use code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, and get 25% off any pair of shades at ShadyRays.com. You can get a quality polarized pair of sunglasses for as low as $36 with this deal. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-Y-S.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Shout out to Shady Rays, taking care of you and the world, however they can. Mm-hmm. Back to the show. Uh, a man that I would vote for, by the way, for president if he ran, had one of the most awesome quotes I've ever heard from a human uh, in recent history, just yesterday on OMF of WEEI Radio, which is up there in Boston. Oh, yeah. OMF at Boston Connor is a show that you have heard of before? OMF, uh, no, but WEEI, yes. Okay, so OMF came into the conversation yesterday on social media because a quote from Bill Belichick came out of it, uh, their conversation, that was just absolutely glorious, and it isn't until you actually listen to it that you truly respect it. Evan Fox, please run that uh, audio, please, sir. That was an honest answer to an honest question. That's no more, no less than that, I'm sure you can read a lot into it if you want to. That wasn't the intent. But it it just is, I I know you've done this in the offseason and you've looked at it in the offseason, but doing it in the middle of a season here when you're still playing games, is there a purpose for actually explaining it to everybody right now? Hmm? Is there? He just answered that email he just got. Seems pretty obvious to me. (laughs) Well, I, well, I will say that. Um, I mean, w- what it sounds like is is like a lot of excuses, oh. like COVID excuses. This you know, awesome. things that you. things that you I haven't do. ever said before. No, it's not. I didn't say it was an excuse. I never said that. No, I didn't say you did. Well, then don't <laughs> fucking say it. Right. <laughs> I mean, look, we paid Cam million uh, Cam Newton a million dollars. I mean, it's obvious we didn't have any money. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's I mean, that's what we did the last five years. We sold out and won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth, and played in an AFC championship game. Boom! What's up? This year we had less to work with. I mean, what he just rammed off. And I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to show the video and have the entire thing because shout out to whoever that was. I don't know if that was O M or F of O M F, but him saying, you know, it sure sounds like those are excuses is awesome. Like that is such a difficult question to probably ask. Uh, I would assume that while he was asking it, other people in the room are looking at him like, are you really asking Bill Belichick that? But what he got in return was maybe a little bit of an irritated Bill Belichick that showed a side that I thank God that Bill Belichick has. Because if Bill Belichick was this guy who was always like, oh, we're on a Cincinnati. Like, ah, we got to work. Like, uh, and then you hear all these Tom Brady quotes about nothing I've done in the past matters. It only matters about... Th-. You would assume that those quotes are the standard in New England. It's like, nobody cares what you've done in the past. What do you do today? And that's always been the conversation around Bill Belichick, is that he somehow always is motivated. He somehow always is out thinking, and he, he never really uh, rests on his young or his laurels you know what I mean they, they, he never does that now we get a chance to hear him be like yeah like hey motherfuckers like we last five years we won three Super Bowls one to another one went to an AFC championship did you did anybody not know what was gonna like you need to stop questioning everything that you guys are questioning and that leads me to believe that Bill Belichick whenever he's speaking to other people in the football world they laugh at how terrible other football like I think Bill Belichick is an absolute savage 
and I love that. Like, not only did I have I always appreciated and respected the way he coaches and the way he's been able to do something over 20 years that is just unprecedented and probably never happen again in the NFL because the parody in the NFL is just the standard of the league and why the league is so great. Bouncing back, nine Super Bowls in 20 years, six wins in the last five years, three Super Bowls, uh, going to a fourth. The fact that he knows that, like, makes me love him even more. Like, yep. the fact that he probably has conversations where he's like, yeah, I'm the greatest coach of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I want to sell Subway sandwiches, I'll fucking do it. I will. <laughs> like, if I want to do this, I'll do it. If I want to wear this ripped-off sweater, I will do it. Like, it doesn't matter. You want to ask me a question? I don't have to answer. You know why? Greatest coach of all time. What's like, up? that, I feel like that is now in Belichick, and I love, I love that that guy asked a great question, kind of prodded him a little bit, and got it out there. And I would, like, let Bill Belichick know, like, hey, all warranted, bud. You yeah. just keep it going uh, and do whatever you need to do. You should be celebrating and dancing on graves of the people in the NFL for the last 20 years. Joining us now is a man who knows a lot about the NFL. Uh, I would assume that he feels the same exact way I do about Bill Belichick because damn near everybody who's ever played in the NFL knows how hard it is to win in the NFL. And the fact that Belichick was able to do that for 20 years, basically, with salaries and the way it all goes. Goes. It's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, Super Bowl champ, hot, hot, Mark Schlaer. Yeah! Let's go, Steve. How you doing, bud? What's happening, man? How are you, Pat? I'm great. Happy Tuesday, November 3rd to you. It's going to be the greatest Tuesday of all time, Paul. Uh, yeah, you know what? Trade deadline, right? Yeah. Yeah, trade deadline's coming up, so you're 100% right on that. Yeah, that's exactly big day, trade deadline day. I want to go back. I don't know if you got a chance to hear what Bill Belichick said. You heard the tail end of me talking about how he went to, I don't know if it was O, M, or F who asked the question, but him going, last five years we went to three or went to four Super Bowls, right. won three of them. Like, I like that he finally flexed on people a little bit. Like, I like to know that that's in there because we know nothing about the guy. Oh, there's no question. And there's no question that Bill Belichick is, you know, I've always said this about the Patriots in general, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, is the most amazing thing to me about those guys is their insatiable appetite, insatiable appetite for success. Like most people are sated by a level of success to where they relax a little bit. They take some time off. They maybe don't grind like they used to grind because, you know, they've got a great resume. And the fact that he continues to grind, that he continues to do the things he does, as the same thing with Tom Brady, um, has been absolutely amazing. You know, the thing about franchises like that that put together unbelievable kind of dynastic runs is I think – Obviously, you've got to have the quarterback, not only that plays at a high level, but allows you to coach everybody, right? That gives permission to you as the head coach to coach me hard for 20 years, like Brady did, to say, I, you know, I, I'm going to put up with your baloney, I'm going to put up with your crap, just because I know ultimately it helps you coach the rest of the football team. And if you'll do it to me, Mm. and if I put up with it, then everybody has to put up with it. Just a remarkable run. And you're right. Bill Belichick is is a phenomenal coach, Uh, has his players prepared, develops them well. And um, the proof is in the pudding. Just look what they've done over 20 years. I didn't even think about that being a skill that Tom Brady had of acknowledging that, hey, if I get chewed out, then nobody – is above getting chewed out. I didn't even think about it from that like grant like that's a that's a that's a zoomed out picture looking at that thing cuz not only is Tom Brady saying like yeah I can continue to get better and yeah I need to hear this type of thing. He's also saying and acknowledging that if he's allowed to do this to me, literally everybody else has to take it as well and that's something that I don't think gets talked about ever actually in the entire thing. Oh, I lost you. Well, you sound good, but that's something that never yeah, yeah, I lost yeah. you there for a second, Pat. 
Well, are you back or not? Because what you just said there was incredibly profound that I haven't even really thought about. Can you hear me? Yeah, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, are you good? Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. Yeah, I've always always believed that about – you know, about Tom Brady and, and talking to guys. And I taught, I, I played with Teddy Bruschi for a long time. And Teddy Bruschi would say all the time, Bill Belichick would come in, in a meeting in front of the entire team and say to Tom Brady, go, hey, man, I, I could get a uh, I get a, a high school quarterback from uh, Foxborough High to do what you just did on that particular play. And just, I mean, absolutely rip him, eviscerate him in front of the entire team. And as a coach, you have to be given permission to have your star player you know, accept that kind of coaching. And that's who Bill Belichick is. And so I, I always look at Tom Brady with a lot of respect for what that team was able to accomplish because of the way he has operated. How'd you see it last night, man? I thought they were going to stomp the Giants, and then it just looked like the defense wasn't the same defense it had been for the last couple weeks. Danny Dimes was making plays. And I do believe if my film study and conversations I've had with smart people is accurate, what they did to Tom Brady on the defense side of the ball, they just dropped everybody into coverage, like seven, eight people, and then tried to get Tom out of the pocket, and it was just kind of like, uh, is that the blueprint to beat him? But I expected them to win by a lot last night. They still got some things to figure out, it seems like. Yeah, I I think they probably, you look at the film and, and what they were able to do. You know, the Giants, and I've done a couple of Giants games, they want to ground and pound you. You know, they want to beat you up. They want to run a bunch of gap schemes and just kind of run downhill on you. And I thought it was really good um, what Jason Garrett did with it, getting the ball out of Danny Dimes' hands, quick throws uh, to the edge, you know, try to, try to eliminate some of that speed at the inside linebacker position by getting it out to the edge really quickly. Um, and he was very good. Missed a, you know, missed a couple of throws. Obviously, uh, some deep throws. Uh, the one thing about the one thing about playing Tom Brady, when you have an opportunity, you have that that team on its heels or Tampa on its heels. You got to come away with scores. I mean, you can't be kicking field goals. You can't be turning the ball over. You can't do those things. Um, and ultimately, I was with you. I thought they'd cover the ten and a half. There's there, there was no question that was what I thought would happen. And you know, I, they played pretty well. So uh, are very well. So I thought that was impressive. You know that uh, that two point conversion uh, pi call that oh. uh, got picked up. I mean, uh, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot. If that was Tom Brady throwing that ball, that would have been a, a flag, and they would have gotten another playoff. <laughs> stink! Hold on! Hold on! Stink! I'm okay with that. Hold on! Stink! I, I was very confused by this because this happened twice last night where they got into a circle. They talked for 45 seconds to a minute and 15 seconds, maybe even a minute and a half, two minutes. And then they come back and they're like, uh, after discussion, we're going to rule it out. It's, they have to have somebody in their ear telling them, watching the video, right? They have to. There's no way. How, who's telling the story that's like, well, the only person that really had eyes on it was the person that threw the flag. And then did somebody go, oh, well, it was. It seemed like it was just perfect timing. It, like They have to have somebody in their ear during those discussions. They have to. They, they got together and go, wow, we can't uh, we get, we can't let this game in. Oh, wait, no, it was Danny Dimes. It wasn't Brady. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Hey, screw that kid. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't earned it yet, right? He stares down too many receivers. Forget him. Let's move on. Let's get out of here. Yeah, so I don't want to do it over time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they got somebody in there. Uh, obviously, the, well, as the play goes, everybody turns and looks at it. But you're right. There's one guy assigned to it. That, there's That's one guy's assignment. If that's the guy that threw the flag, how does he all of a sudden be overruled by everybody else? Like, hey, man, I got oh. dinner reservations. <laughs> let's, you know, let's get out of here. I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, we're going to go um, vote. <laughs> right, what they say. Yeah, and I'm all for, hey, Pat, I'm all for letting them play, right? I, I, like, I don't mind a little, 
I don't mind a little fisticuffs. I don't mind a little bumping and grinding. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong. Yeah. yeah. With a little bumping and grinding. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, Diggs, what do you got? Mark, you did uh, Seattle and San Francisco on Sunday. Quick turnaround for 49ers on Thursday versus Green Bay. Are they going to have anyone or anything left for the Green Bay Packers on Thursday? Uh yeah, you know, I mean, I got so many uh, uh, Bay Area fans hate me. Like Raider fans hate me, uh, and I understand. I was eleven one against their punk asses. My time. Yeah. Yeah. You you should you should hate me. Uh, and and Niner fans because I'm not going to make excuses for injuries. Like, hey, most of us got our opportunity to play in the league when somebody got injured. So I'm like, hey. Have it, you know. I, I mean, now the Niners are the Niners are decimated. I get it; they're decimated. But you know, at the end of the season, you don't get a, a certificate of participation for playing the NFL. Like you got to show up and you got to play well. And I always had a rule when I was playing: not only do you have to to play hurt, you have to play injured, and you have to play well hurt and injured. And if you don't, we'll find somebody else who can do it. And so, you know, I was always I always pride myself on not only playing injured and playing hurt, but playing well hurt and injured. And so I, I just think that that's the way the league is, and everybody's hurt right now, some more than others. But it's not an excuse. You got to show up and you got to play. And so uh, I, you know, I don't want to hear a bunch of whiners. There's a bunch of people that it's not fair. I, you know, life ain't fair. I don't know if you know that. It's, it's not, so get over it. Uh, they got $80 million in salary cap on IR right now. You could see how they're potentially upset, but you're right. It happens to everybody. It's just which positions has it happened to. And the next man up philosophy is a philosophy in the NFL that has been there since the beginning of the NFL. But when it happens to your quarterback, your star tight end, and uh, another wide receiver, you can see how the fans are just heartbroken, especially after a run to the Super Bowl last year. But this, let's talk about the Thursday night game against the Packers. Because last time the Niners and the Packers played, Kyle Shanahan had his offense run for 186 yards before contact in the NFC Championship game. Is that scary? Team one that it doesn't matter who's in there. It doesn't matter if George Kittle's out there road uh, grading as a tight end and being an extra offensive lineman. It doesn't matter if Jimmy G is not in. Nick Mullins, who actually almost made that a game late there for you guys while calling that game, does it matter? Is the scheme good enough to potentially slice and dice his Packers defense that can't stop a damn nosebleed in the running game? Uh, yeah, yeah, their run their run scheme is incredible, and they do a great job. Now, tell me if Debo Samuel is back or not, because Debo Samuel is he's just a different he's just a different cat, right? Uh, his ability to run the specials, whether that's the jet sweeps or the orbit stuff, uh, just running straight out of the backfield, his ability it gives them a, another dynamic nature kind of player to not only run the ball but to set up some of the you know the tunnel screens and the reverse screens and some of the other things they do. So he's a guy that creates explosives for them, and without him, it hurts their running game. But I go back to to Green Bay. I've always thought about this. If you're a team that predicates itself on throwing the ball and being kind of fancy and doing some of those things, um, and that's great, but I always felt like your defense suffers a little bit because that's what they're used to defending in practice, um, in camp and all those things. Go back through through Green Bay's thumpings that they've taken. You mentioned that, that playoff game against San Francisco. I think Jimmy Garoppolo threw it eight times in that game, if memory serves. Yeah, they six yeah. attempts in that game. Yeah. I mean, come on. Eight attempts is a quarter in the NFL. Yeah. He did it in the entire four quarters, eight attempts. And then you go the losses this year. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, I think Tom Brady in that game had 160 yards passing. They physically dominated that game. And then last week, 
the uh, 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 what was it? Uh, Fourteen attempts, I believe, for mm-hmm. for yeah. Kirk Cousins. They physically dominated that game too. So when you punch the Packers in the mouth, when you physically dominate, they don't respond very well. So that's the one thing that that lends itself to believing that San Francisco has an opportunity in this game. The other thing is watching Jimmy Garoppolo on film the last couple of weeks. I did the Miami game where they pulled him. And then the last couple of weeks, Pat, there were so many throws behind the line of scrimmage. There were only three throws in the game before where he threw it over 10 yards. He had a, he had a, uh, a couple of basics to the tight end and, and one what they call a locker in the West Coast offense was about 18-yard basic, which is a, just an in-cutting uh, route from the you know, from the inside receiver from the slot or the tight end. So those were the only three balls that traveled over 10 yards in the entirety of that game. Everything else was a tunnel screen behind the line of scrimmage, maybe a little now route or a little uh, stick route on the outside. There was really nothing that went down the football field. And when you watch Jimmy try to load up and push one down the football field, he comes off his, he he basically lifts his back foot off the ground because you can see that it, it, bites that ankle hurts and so he may go on ir for the rest of the season i don't know they're going to evaluate whether he needs to have ankle surgery or not but um but i had talked to him i talked to him last week uh last saturday and and i just like how bad is that thing killing you and he's like it it you know it bites me a couple times a game where i just can't i can't drive on the football and, and you can see it in the way it comes out of his hand so that's maybe that's why when Nick Mullins came in, he started. He was much more comfortable because he was probably like thirty percent more healthy, forty percent more healthy than Jimmy G was with that ankle. And by the way, the the feet and the base for a quarterback is the most important part of everything. Sure, absolutely. If you can't drive the football, you know you you, you tend to drop your elbow. You get underneath the football, a bunch of flutters. I mean that there's a lot of things that don't work. Hey, Nick Mullins is not a strong arm guy. You know this is the this is the ultimate kind of. This is the ultimate backhanded compliment. I talked to Kyle Shanahan about Nick Mullins a couple of years ago, and his his response was, at some point he's going to make a great coach. right? That's when you don't have the arm talent to really survive long-term or be a long-term starter, but you're so damn smart. You know where to go with the football, and Nick Mullins has told me the same thing. Man, i got to be on time, get the ball out. Uh, I know exactly what the defense presents, so I know where to throw the ball. And Nick can do that. Nick is a very smart player, very smart quarterback, and they can be successful. Uh, and they can win a lot of games with Nick Mullins. So, uh, you know, I, I look at them. With him coming in there, it, it solidifies that position. Now if they can continue to run the ball and do the things they do because they're so multiple in the running game, um, they'll run all, everything off of a kind of a wide stretch mentality, but they do it out of – so many different formations, so many different personnel groupings. And so they'll take one play, like 18 handoff, for instance, and they'll say, okay, 18 handoff. We're going to enter the tight end in, in the fullback in different positions. So, you know, nine guys on your offense are doing the exact same thing that they will always do on 18 handoff. But one minute, the tight end is entering the front side. And he's on, he's on tied with the tackle. The next minute, he's off the ball, and he's blocking the backside. And now the fullback is taken over. Now all of a sudden, the fullback has is, is got the mic backer, and everybody else is coming off to the safety, and the backside stays solid. Then all of a sudden, the fullback is now on the backside linebacker. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> you look at it, and it's one play where one or two guys change their responsibilities. And to the defense, it literally looks like 15, 16 different plays. And you're only changing one guy's responsibility or, or two guys' responsibility. So everybody else is running the same damn thing they always run. And that's the brilliance of kind of entry points and the way Kyle Shanahan really orchestrates this offense. And that's it's the same damn offense that I played in, but it's the offense that I played in 
you know, on Dianable. It's uh, it's just gotten a lot bigger. You know, there's a lot more volume to it. That eight, 18 handoff sounds like a real punch in the face. Because right? <laughs> yeah. every once in a while, that tight end will come back and get the backside, then the fullback will get the mic, and then yeah. the safety. Oh, it's not even account for what's going to happen to safety. So he's throwing he's throwing the fastball, and it looks like a curveball and the changeup at the same time. That's what Kyle Shanahan's offense is. It kind of deceives people while also punching them in the mouth. That break right. You're a you're a hundred percent right. It's it's the same well pitch coming from the Football. same damn arm slot all the time, and it always, you know, it's always a different pitch, but it always looks the same. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. Stay, stay 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 tight on that backside, right? It's tight on the backside. There it is. There it is. And then and then just what? Deliver, right? uh, <laughs> don't let your body. Hey, don't let your body get ahead of your arm though, because then your arm will drag. Then your arm gets long, and when your arm gets long, you're either going to miss high and outside, or you're going to pull the ball, and you're going to push yeah. it in the ground at the foot inside. Yeah. I, I watched uh, uh, Mr. B- uh, Babansky. Tom Babansky. Tom Babansky. Tom Babansky in his videos yeah. at like 2, 3 a.m. Teaching me how to throw. That's where I learned. I, I, I learned from Sam Amansky. What do you got, Connor? <laughs> uh, Mark, your former team, Denver Broncos, are picking up a little momentum. Do you see them as buyers today? And also, will teams be a little hesitant to call because Elway and the CEO just got COVID? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see them. I don't see them as buyers. Uh, I, I really don't. They're a super young team, um, and they. You know, let, let's face it. They they beat the Jets and they beat the Patriots. Now that doesn't look like oh, such an accomplishment. Geez. And then the Chargers always give up a 17, 20 point mm-hmm. lead. I mean that's just what the Chargers do, right? So, uh, so I I don't think they're going to be buyers at this point. I, I think that they are looking at it like, hey man, we've got a really young team offensively. We're going to have our struggles. We're going to continue to play. If they expand to eight playoff teams in each division, like they're talking about right now, we may have a chance to be that eighth at that eighth seed. But I just don't see them actually getting involved in that. Mark, in terms of the trade deadline, if you're a player on one of those teams who's kind of like a fringe team who can, you know, make a push to the Super Bowl, are those guys cognizant that they need another piece, or is it kind of like, well, we have no control over this, so it's not something we're going to worry about. We can win with the guys we have in here. Yeah, I don't think as a player, I don't think you really think about it. Um, you know, I always told young guys when I was in the league for you know for a lot of years, I always told young guys. I said, you know what you should do, yeah, especially because there's a lot of young guys that make a team and think they're there, and and the average career expectancy is three is still three point four years. It hasn't changed in since the game was created, and so and the odds of you playing for a long time are pretty limited. So I always told young guys, do yourself a favor, show up to this facility on a Tuesday, you know, just kind of hang out, sit in your locker, maybe get a lift in, whatever, and watch how many players they roll through here to replace you. And it's one of the it's one of the most sobering things you can do as a player. Come watch what this organization is doing while you have your day off and you're at home patting yourself on the back, going, "Wow, I had a really good game." You know, I have four special team tackles or whatever it is. Like, go watch and see exactly how they operate because they are constantly looking for somebody to to take your place. So I always thought that it was a really kind of sobering aspect to the game, and, and it was really helpful to actually you know, be injured and come in and see it happen firsthand and go, you better perform. This is a performance league. You know, it's uh, as my friend Clint Hurdle used to say, it's not a try-hard league. It's a do-good league. And yep. if you're not doing good, they're going to find somebody who will. Vinatieri told a story about a couple of years ago. He was uh, hurt or whatever, and he was in rehab. And 
I guess with the way they redid the facility, where the training room is, there's a window that goes out to the practice field. Vinatieri's mm-hmm. goat at this point, Hall of Famer at this point, has won a bunch of Super Bowls. They're working on his leg, and there was three kickers out on the field kicking or whatever, and they're watching him. And Vinny said, "I was sitting there watching, thinking there's no way in hell any of those dudes are going to take my job. Like that's that's a guy who's at the the pinnacle, right. Hall of Famer. He's watching those guys work out, and he was like." There ain't no chance any of these dudes are taking my job. Like, that's just a real thing. In the NFL, by the way, it's always happening. It's always happening. Right now, if they can get younger and cheaper, they're going to do that immediately upon the ability to do so. There is no question about it. So it's just one of those things, again, that you should be aware of. You know, as a a young player, um, it's a privilege to play in this league. I really believe that. And it takes, you know, a lot of work. And you got to put up with a lot of stuff. And like I said earlier, you got to play injured. You got to play hurt. You got to be willing to do those things if you want to last. You think I'd take you about 450 to 500 feet if you were to pitch me a ball right now? Um, well, it, there's no question because, first off, my fastball is is rolling in there at about 48. Oh, <laughs> like 50. So it is it is like going to the batting cages, right? I mean, it's just going to be <laughs> real easy. That's awesome. Got a little lollipop to it. So, you know, if you take that uphill, if you got that uphill, you know, swing pattern, right? Yeah. That thing is that thing's going a long way somewhere. You play old man uh, beer league softball at all? No, no. Hey, there's these dudes on the internet that take these softballs, right. mortar, and they slap at it like this almost, and it just they. I might get into the beer league softball. Ooh, yeah, you gotta. But you, here's the thing, because you probably have a good back, right? Like yeah. I've had multiple back surgeries, oh, so I don't yeah, have cause... like mine is all like arms. My back doesn't move. It just goes like this. here's my hands. They just go. Yeah, yeah. Quick hands. Yeah, yeah you're old. And my back never, like, I never get any rotational force to it. There's yeah. no rotation. Yeah, you need to do yoga, they say. What's up, mm-hmm. Nick? Mark, the Steelers are obviously undefeated, playing great, whatever, but the Chiefs are still the class of the AFC. Do you see the Steelers being able to match up with Kansas City? Well, listen, I mean, if you can if you can rush the passer like they can rush the passer and you can create some turnovers – uh, you've always got a chance. I'd like to see, like, I went through kind of a deep dive because I'm here in Denver of, of how the Chiefs have, have lost games. So over the last eight years, I went through this whole kind of, went through the coaches tape on, okay, how did they lose these games? And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is everybody will tell you, well, to beat the Chiefs, you got to get in a track meet with them, right? You got to outscore them. You got to get, you know, into a scoring matchup. And that's it's just a bunch of shit. Like that's oh! like that, that is total garbage. The only team that now you got to score, right? When you get in the red zone, you, you you best score. The only team that kept it low scoring was I think it was two years ago was the Colts beat them like nineteen to sixteen something like that. Jacoby. But the the thing that has the thing that every team has done when they beat the Chiefs is they possess the ball. They have churned out first downs, mm-hmm. and um, and they have limited the, the Chiefs to about eight possessions. And so they scored on every one of their possessions. They held on to the ball. They they beat every team had almost a, like a forty to twenty time of possession advantage, like a ridiculous advantage. And they still won, you know, thirty to twenty nine. Yeah. Because the thing is, is the Chiefs will score in a minute and twelve seconds. You know, they I mean they, they just roll down the the field so. You've got to limit their possessions. You got to get one or two stops in those limited eight possessions. And then every time you have the ball, you possess it, you hold on to it, you keep Patrick Mahomes on the field on the sideline and you got to come away with touchdowns. 
and it was the Chargers that did it, the Titans that did it, the Colts that did it. That like I went through uh, even the, even the, uh, the the Patriots, just and they did it in different fashions. The Chargers, I think, had twenty nine first downs in the game they beat the uh, Chiefs on. 29 first downs, and almost all of them were passing. It was just all the short passing game. So the thing to me is possess the ball, keep Mahomes and that offense on the sideline, understand that they're going to score, and they're going to score in a minute and a half, two minutes. But you have to possess it. You've got to limit their opportunities. you got to get one or two stops in that. Um, so they only have six scoring opportunities. And if you do that, you got a chance. But if you think you're coming out there and going, hey, we're just as fast as the Chiefs, at the end of the day, you're going to look up at the score. It's going to be 45 to you know 17. You're like, what the hell happened? Well, you got chiefed. That's what happened. <laughs> Steelers could do it, though. Steelers could oh, do yeah. it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I can't yeah. thank you enough. The chili in the office is a oh, fan. Oh, man. Love the food. Oh, oh, you got it? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Put some in the freezer, obviously, so we can save it down the road. We let some thaw out because the instructions that came with it were very, very nice yeah. and very easy. Yep. We've loved yeah. it over here. The queso Oh, one. good. Oh. You have, did you try the queso yet? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, queso that's one's the favorite. Good. Yeah, that's the crowd favorite okay. over here. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you guys got it. Enjoy. Hey, you know, you can go to stinkinggood.com if you want to order some. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah, stinkinggood.com. <laughs> yeah. We have any promo codes we can give out right now, or is it just... Uh... Uh, if I had a promo code, I'd give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just type in stink, you'll pay full price. There we go. Hey, very nice of you. And it's worth every single yeah, penny without so good. good it is. Ladies and gentlemen, three-time Super Bowler, Mark Schlereth. Thank yeah. you so so sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that Burrow, as in Joey Burrow, offers the easiest, most convenient way to get a comfortable new sofa delivered to your door. And it's just not sofas, by the way. All Burrow furniture is thoughtfully designed for function and practicality and designed to go perfectly together. It's foolproof furniture, high quality, stylish, and built to make your life easier. Tom. Wow, like that. It's practical and adaptable. Okay, two very important things. Mm-hmm. Assemble a burrow sofa by yourself without any tools or help in just minutes. Add seats or rearrange them from love seat to sofa to sectional and back and forth in between. These are customizable. Yeah, it's built for real life too. Includes thoughtful features like a built-in USB charger. Shout out to oh, them for doing that. Love that. It's made from durable materials that resist stains and scratches. Love them for that because I have animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, their durable fabric options now include performance velvet. Love Ooh. that. Uh, you can customize everything to create your dream sofa. Choose the color, the fabric, the arm style, leg style, size, and shape of your seating. Attach the chaise lounge addition to any seat or go with the floating ottoman maybe to lay it down i could use a nice floating ottoman yeah it's more than sofas burrow uh, also offers clever storage focused coffee tables nice modular easy to hang wall shelves oh perfect credenzas and benches Ooh. yeah yeah burrow is perfect for renters because there's no tools easy to move wherever you need to go uh commitment folks you know because sure. it's easy to change don't know if you want this in your room mm-hmm. forever uh people in walk-ups no carrying a full couch and downstairs obviously pets Families, scratch and stain resistant fabric. Anyone who wants stylish quality furniture but doesn't know where to start, Burrow's here for you. As always, every single Burrow order includes fast and free shipping. Wow. Right now, you can save an extra $75 off your purchase by going to burrow.com, B U R R O W.com slash McAfee. That's B U R R O W.com slash McAfee uh, for $75 off. Shout out to Burrow. That sounds awesome. I could use one of those. I, I'm actually, we are in the market. 
for a new couch. I need a new credenza. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, you can add a, a chaise lounge onto anything, too. I might have to. Chaise. Remember that commercial? Mm-hmm. Chaise. I had, a, I had one of those in my house for a while. Was it nice? Yeah, you find yourself just kind of passing out on it. Okay. You, like, sit on it. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, like, hanging out. You're like, oh, look at me sitting on the chaise. And then all of a sudden, you're just out. And then you wake up, and you're like, oh. So that's just, like, the pass out thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's all it is. Pretty nice, though. Yeah, it's not bad. Anyways, shout out to Burrow. Shout out to you. Back to the show. Finding us a man who lives in the state of Ohio, national champion uh, in college football, and was once talked about on this show today as the greatest college football player uh, that Congressman Anthony Gonzalez has ever seen, both on his team or against his team. And a man who won a Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers, Mr. A.J. Hall. Yeah! That's what he said, dude. Gonzo said that you were the best college football player he had ever seen in his life. That's very nice of Gonzo. I actually got to see, uh, I watched the first like three or four minutes of, of your interview with him. I was excited you had him on. Gonzo, former teammate, genius, weirdly smart, unique guy. I think he's in the perfect position right now. I think so, too. And I feel the exact same way uh, with being a teammate of his and hanging out with him a little bit. Whenever I saw him run for political office, I, I hadn't talked to him. And he, it's not like he texted me and said, hey, I'm going to run for Congress or whatever. But when, as soon as I saw it happen, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like that, that made, It made so much sense immediately upon me seeing it. I was like, that's the guy to go and do it. And I think, I think he genuinely cares about the position, which is – Crazy to think about in 2020 politics world. I very much enjoyed talking to him, and it's it's a whole different world he's ventured into over there. This our sports world, a lot of stupid and fun over here. That world's so dead serious. The internet right now is wildly toxic about everything going on in the world. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. In the situation that that Gonzo was in every single day, I, I did get to see the part where you asked him like, "What do you do? What, is it, <laughs> what do you do day to day?" And I thought that was a great question. That's like what most of us don't really understand what you do, like what it really looks like. But for Gonzo, man, like, isn't it? It's fun just the little bit I got to see of you talking to him, just to hear like a, a level-headed, rational human like that is in politics. You, no matter what side he's on, like you wouldn't. I don't know. You'd have to really dig into it to see what side he's on. And it would the conversation. By the way, I don't think I fully knew until I saw all the tweets that came immediately after us posting about him. But just because the political party he is affiliated with, well, you automatically have to hate the other side regardless of whatever. But, yeah, that conversation was nothing like what I thought. Now, granted, he gave us a tour of uh, the entire Capitol or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Gorgeous. He was in a full suit. Obviously, he looked incredible. I had jorts on and a cutoff, and he was walking us through place. I was like, go on. So I don't think I'm supposed to – like, I don't think we're supposed to be here. He's like, no, come on, let's go. And he was – it feels like that next generation, hopefully, of government will be like that. Because, boy, the world we're currently in, people fucking hate each other right now. I mean, oh, people yeah. hate each other. Oh, right yeah. I don't think I've ever seen people hate each other like it is currently right now. People hate each other, AJ. They do. You, we're, we hear, what, Don Lemon's on CNN talking about how he's had to cut people out of his life. You, you see people on other networks saying, oh, well, I was used to be friends with them, or I used to speak to my brother and sister. Now we cut them off because we don't agree on who we're going to vote for. Like It is. I wonder if it's ever been this like 
polarizing or this much like animosity between groups. Yeah, I wonder. I really do wonder if everybody's always hated. I don't know. I feel like everybody was bullshitting before. And now, now everything's like we know everything. So somebody has to, you have to like stand, like, because, you know, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Ooh. And if you don't stay, like take a stand, like a firm stand almost, you get like questioned, like, oh, are you even, oh, are you really even, if you're willing to. Prove it. You drink from the same bottle of water as somebody that votes on the other side get the fuck out of here like that is i feel like we're in a big prove it society yeah i I think social media is oh is that right society oh if they score 10 runs here i'll sprint on the field naked or whatever it happens everybody as soon as that 10th run is running halfway to home plate the internet's like excuse me what did you say let's uh let's go ahead and get to it it is very much a oh is that right society and it feels like it's only going to grow and grow and grow and I appreciate it, Gonzo, coming in here and talking. Trade deadline day. AJ, it's not looking good for your Green Bay Packers, pal. Let me tell you. We don't have Aaron Rodgers Tuesday right now, which is a bummer because there are bombs coming out of Green Bay because I think all of the Green Bay Packers fans on earth are thinking the same thing that Ty is thinking. And the things that Ty has been saying on this show is like, hey, let's go win a Lombardi. We got a team that could do it. We're in the NFC Championship last year. We added no pieces in the offseason that directly affect us taking that next step but now hey guess what the nfl gave you another opportunity here with a trade opportunity with a lot of players on the trade block that could potentially help your team and now diana russini is reporting that at the highest of levels in green bay there is disagreements on whether or not to bring in will fuller and uh, uh, not have any short-term spend so you would assume now this is all alleged but us just piecing it together kinta kintz doesn't want to do the short-term spend and lafleur who was with uh, Fuller at Notre Dame in 2014, he's pushing for it, and now it's all coming to the public light that Gunther Kuntz doesn't want to win right now. He, he would rather win down the road, anyways. Okay, what? Okay, now if somebody was a a, a, a a true and true like Packers apologist, would you say, hey, if this was a normal week, we didn't have the short week and playing on Thursday, they would have they would have made a lot of moves happen. But hey, we can't do it. Maybe next year it'll work out better for us at the trade deadline. What the hell is this? Ice cube just got my mouth. <laughs> By the way, this thing to save the turtles, they got this little like sipper thing. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect size until the ice melts at all. Yeah. And then it just comes and gets stuck in there. And you, Dick, you said you love, I, I love, love this it. thing. Yes. But we got to figure out how to keep the fucking ice out of there. Okay. Yeah. We got to figure it out. We mesh. It is problematic. Maybe like a little fishing net there because yeah. we're trying to keep the. Well, we need to put a cooler in one of those, right? What's that, Bob? Every day, every day you get new, you get new uh, green tea brought to you, right? No, no, no. Same one, same, same cup, dude. Every day, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we make it here. You already mentioned it earlier. You already outed yourself. You said if you you were sharing, uh, drinking water out of a bottle from someone on the other side. Well, first off, there's your mistake already. You, you're using single use plastic. You can't do that. It's all made from glass. <laughs> I mean, you just tied in a lot of things there. <laughs> Okay. The same one since we started the show, like March 16th. Oh, oh, hey, listen. I don't know if you can see from that high horse you're on. You see my right fucking peck, pal? Huh? I voted. Okay? You can't say a damn thing to me, dude. <laughs> you can't say anything to me about anything, pal. Okay? You're right. You, Hey, it takes all of us. <laughs> yeah, zoom in on that, Fox. How about that? Wow. See that? Hashtag indie votes, dude. Did you vote, AJ? The, I think the pinky ring cancels it out. No, oh. no, 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 no. People know that if you got pinky ring and you vote, dude, that's big news. You know what I mean? That's big, big news. You know who didn't vote? Tone Diggs. Oh. oh. I didn't vote today. Gumpy oh. didn't vote either. Oh. 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 
vote to. Oh, yeah, he's Canadian. Tony didn't vote. Diggs is a fucking bully, dude. <laughs> yeah, he he just shamed. Wow. Did you just? What's wrong Diggs? with you? Did you just have citizen shame? What you he didn't just write it? Citizen oh shame, Gumpy. God, how dare you? That's disgusting. What's that all about, Gump? I mean, I've had enough, Tony. No. You're trying to let everybody know I'm here now. Tell the oh. world, Tony. Oh, let them know. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the ice in your cup earlier, so. Oh. oh. He's talking about the group of people that round up. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyways, let's get to that. I voted, AJ. Okay. So I'm allowed to say whatever I want about whatever sea turtles. Okay. And sea turtles, we should save them. They're very cute. Love them. I mean, they don't let you really get close. And it's not really a great photo op, but they are incredibly gorgeous whenever they get out there and stop, you know, floating around. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have tags in them, too, so they yeah. can track them. Yeah. I mean, the migration patterns on those guys Crazy. are astounding. Oh. I was on a cruise one time and uh, a, a, like a, a boating tour, a charter tour or whatever. And uh, the guy driving the boat just hopped off the side of the boat on top of a sea turtle, grabbed that thing, brought it into the boat. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Probably illegal, but it was awesome. Was <laughs> Steve Irwin? It was awesome. It was one of the coolest. He literally was just driving a boat. And then he hopped up on the thing right in front of him. It was kind of alarming, right? Because we're on the boat now without somebody driving it. Should I hop up there? And he just hopped over there. The, the boat kind of like brrr, faded out. And he just swam with the sea turtle right in the thing. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. <laughs> Sam loved it. But stop using straws in certain places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Save the turtles. Save the turtles. Um, I forget what I was going to talk about. But the Packers should fucking win. Go, go, go and try to win. They didn't. Well, and I don't know, AJ, you obviously know more about, you know, defensive football and whatnot than I do. But they're not going to – so they're not going to do both. They're definitely not going to do both. They're probably not going to do anything. But I feel like their offense, if they add another piece, it could be – now, granted, the Chiefs' defense last year I don't think is as bad as theirs. But, like, the, the Chiefs weren't, like, you know, their defense wasn't amazing until they got in the playoffs, and it kind of – they stepped up then. But it was like there was a threat that they were going to score on every single possession. And I don't think adding one guy on defense, if you have to do one or the other, is going to get them over the hump. No, I think you're 100% right. If you're going to add somebody, you need to add somebody on offense. That's what could give you a spark right away. If you're going to add somebody on D, like – where do you where do you add somebody like where would you pick ty you're you're a diehard fan i don't there's like there's not one glaring weakness where like one person could fill that void oh dude i'll tell you what if julio jones was on the packers Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly he's available by the way allegedly he is available stefan gilmore of the new england patriots we found out he is available when uh diana rossini uh, reported that a team she was talking to that was potentially interested in stefan gilmore said that what the Patriots are asking for for Stephon Gilmore, what, less than one year removed from Defensive Player of the Year, is they want a first-round pick and a player in exchange for Stephon Gilmore, and nobody has stepped up to the plate for that move. Will that change within? Is it when? Is it four? When is it? Four o'clock. So, yeah. so in the next hour and forty-seven minutes, as of this second right now uh will they change anything will, will they go get stefan gilmore will anybody get, will julio jones get traded will aj green get traded will will fuller get traded will any of these names that we have been hearing about for the last few days get moved or is this once again the nfl a lot of talk not a lot of action around trade time yeah will someone come after ryan fitzpatrick like is that a possibility will the miami dolphins move ryan fitzpatrick they will not. But if they get everyone is everything is for sale. You know that at the right price. So if someone really wanted to dump a a bunch of players or a couple picks for Fitzpatrick, yeah, I would think they would have to let him go. Uh, we have updates from what's that? We have uh, Mansur. 
Uh, your mics. Yeah. A couple of executives and coaches, I guess, around the league. Our guy Dove Kleiman reported uh, reacting to Belichick's comments on the salary. Cap. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear what the after speaking with a few GMs. Uh, nope, former head coach. I saw that and I thought, why is it out there? Bill never would put anything like that out there, and all of a sudden it's out there. Something is weird. The executive said about Bill Belichick talking the way he talked yesterday. I've always wondered if they just decided to tank this year, especially once they had all the opt-outs. A veteran coach. Who could that be? Who knows? Andy Reid, maybe? Bill is saving up for next year and blowing smoke and hoping people believe him. Crying poor. Whatever. There's nothing to it. He knows it. They got stuck when Brady called their bluff and left. They didn't improve (laughs) the team, and Brady said he's out. Out, going to get some sunshine, bring his boy Gronk out to Tampa, have some drinks with the head coach, and have some fun and call it a career. Rex. Wow, okay. That's Rex Ryan. Another executive goes, <laughs> it seemed very un-Belichickian uh, to say what he said. You're the coach and the GM. You have made all these decisions unless there is a veiled message which could make you think about what they've spent. It's not a cap issue. They have been tight against the cap and moving money around, but lots of people have had the ability to do that and go through it. Wow, so not a lot of people. Another executive says, Belichick has really run it tight economically, whether it's been players or staff or coaches, and I think that has probably finally caught up to them. The cap is an excuse. The cap to me is hiding really that they haven't spent cash. And it's not just players. I wonder some agree whether they've had a little bit of a brain drain. Everybody focuses on the coaches who have left not being successful, but Titans GM John Robinson, Bucks GM Jason Light, and all these other guys have also left. Another executive says, tell me the last Pro Bowl player they drafted in what year? Oh! Wow! Okay, so... The NFL uh, talking about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick yesterday said um, after the F of OMF, Christian Falgor, F-A-L-G. Faria. Yeah. There it is, Faria. I was was spelling the wrong name. (laughs) Anyways, he asked him a question that kind of said, like, it sounds like you're making excuses, Bill. And Bill got agitated and gave a response, like, it's not excuses. Uh, I mean, look, we paid Cam Newton $1 million. It's obvious that we didn't have any money. It's nobody's fault. That's what we did the last five years. We sold out. We won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth, and played in an AFC championship game. So basically, Bill Belichick flexed on everybody. And now you're hearing executives and coaches allegedly from around the league going like, oh, shut the fuck up, Bill. That's basically what they're saying. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, they are. Dude, does he mention the opt-outs? I feel like the opt-outs are one of the biggest reasons why they're struggling, too. Like, not only do you have cap issues and Tom Brady is gone and all of that, but you had a lot of stud players opt out right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, a lot of studs, by the yeah. way. And um, they have the most cap space in the league, I think, next year. So I think that's why a lot of people are like, oh, Bill, okay. One why year. Do think, oh, what's why that? I think he is – what made him all of a sudden step out of his box and decide to like get angry enough to actually let people know? I, I think that was the first time in a long time where he's potentially had a verbal confrontation with somebody and he wanted to alpha the guy. I, I think that's what happened. I think that question from... For Boria played for him. Yeah, that's... And I love it. Like, I, I love that he had the opportunity to get him. Because I think that question, by the way, can we run that question? Get right to the, the part where he asked the question and says the accuses thing. He... This question, as soon as he, the way he phrased it and how he asked it, I don't think I've ever seen Bill Belichick face a question like that. Like, I don't think ever. No. He'll get questions about what they need to get better at, and he'll go first down, second down, third down, fourth down. But never has somebody, like, actually gave, like, a, hey, Belichick, it sounds like you're up to some bullshit right now. Go ahead and play that, Foxy. What's that? Oh, geez, yeah. just play the fucking video. I mean, what it sounds like is is like a lot of excuses, like COVID excuses, you know, things that things that you haven't ever said before. 
No, it's not. I didn't say it was an excuse. I never said that. No, I didn't say you did. Well, kind of, though. Well, so, <laughs> like that, that is, I think, such a good question to kind of get him going. Maybe that's what people got to do is just kind of like talk shit to him a little bit. So then he comes over the top with like a, uh, excuse me, last 20 years were the best fucking team of all time. Like that is, I'm happy that he's realizing that and speaking it into existence like that. I'm hoping this is the new Belichick. Me like too. We saw Tom Brady go on Howard Stern and be so open and he's relatable now. Like, is that what Bill Belichick is going to be in the, the twilight of his career? Hey, good work getting to that part, by the way. <laughs> Back there being serious, that had to be pretty difficult. Not being able to listen to it and just kind of send it around. I do that on like my videos on uh, on my phone when I'm editing it and I can't get to anything. Uh, Connor, what's up? And Belichick did all those subway commercials and stuff. Like, there's been a lot of different in uh, differences in Bill Belichick this year than there have been in previous years. He's more open. I hope he continues to do it. What were you going to say, AJ? I have a question. What if we all say that? Oh, Tommy Foxborough. Oh, they're holding him down. What if Big Tom Brady was holding Bill Belichick back, and Bill wanted to let this personality yes. out? Tom's like, hey, Bill, come on now. That's not the Patriot way. I thought about this last night while watching the game a little bit and how Tom was like pissed off obviously still he was like smashing his helmet or whatever I at 43 after winning six Super Bowls or whatever he is I mean it is it was awesome to see that uber competitive drive but what if it was Tom that was so like hey this is how it needs to be the like, Brady th- way this is how we need what if the Patriot way was the Brady way which by the way could mean that this is great news for the Buccaneers because guess what it worked for a long time but what if Tom was the one what if Tom and Bill were trying to out compete and out serious each other and finally getting away from each other it's like okay thank God Jesus Christ we can actually be humans again <laughs> that is very interesting to think what if Tom was the driver behind the whole Patriot way of like being dialed in every single moment of your life this is what we do football nothing else yeah, out, I like how you said out serious each other. Like that's true. Like okay, no, I can take serious more. Fo- I can take football more serious than this guy. I can give worse answers to the media more consistently than this guy too. What time's that guy get in the building? Five fifteen. I'm here at five a.m. <laughs> 445, 435, 415, 4, 3, 3, 4, 5, that is, that is what it is. And it, you hear that sometimes in uh, uh, players-only meetings, by the way. A lot of guys will out-serious uh, out each other, out how hard work, how hard they work, out how hard, uh, obviously, their neighborhood they came from. Uh, that is kind of what those player-led meetings are normally like. If they're, uh, I guess there's some that are good, right? We've had conversations about some of them that can end up being good. But a lot of those things, it's normally like, who, who cares about this football team and has come longer than the other person? It's like, and I once wanted to say, that's always, and I, <laughs> that's when it comes into it. It's always like, all right, here we go. Uh, let's go ahead and rock it in for the show. Hopefully we won't suck next week. And hopefully this means something. What's up, Zito? Uh, Will Fuller has not tweeted since uh, September 12th. He just tweeted out waiting around GIF. So they have not done anything yet with them yet. It feels like players, by the way, are trolling this shit. The Steelers, there was a guy that tweeted out a uh, peace <clears throat> sign on uh, his IG story. Oh, Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. And then everybody, all the local media was like, uh, Cam Sutton potentially on the move? Question, mark, question, mark. He was trending, I think, in Pittsburgh immediately. Yeah, and then he was immediately after, like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, he guys. was not. Like, that is awesome. Oh, Will Fuller here. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, over 800 tweet, retweets already. So do they know? Is it, <laughs> It's moving. <laughs> is it pretty much for – are people – I'm not saying he's going to Green Bay, but is Will Fuller on the move no matter what? I I don't know. Like, who knows what they're asking for? I think the biggest thing, like, we learned Stephon Gilmore is worth a one and another player. That's what we learned from. What's that other player, though? Like, the one is a huge gift, but what – I, I'm sure it depends on what's that other player. Like, is it a starter? Is it a, guy, a special team? Like, what are you what are you going to give up? When was the last time we just saw a swap of humans, by the way? Like, hey, our team wants that guy. 
we want this guy out of here. You just want to take like that would be pretty interesting to see. I mean, Kiko Alonso and Quan Alexander, but there's a plus pick a involved. pick. Yeah. yeah, I'm just talking straight human for human. And then at what point while you're flying to your new city, do you have the thought they think I'm that guy's just as good as me, or on the other side, like they think I'm as good as that guy? That's mm-hmm. like that's an interesting thing whenever you start comparing that type of stuff. And knowing Stephon Gilmore, knowing that he's worth a one and another player, has to feel pretty good if you're Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, because some of those guys get traded for like a fourth round, fifth round pick, and I'm like they got to be so pissed to yeah. make people think they're only worth a fifth round pick or whatever you know well I mean? and for gilmore like if if he you know doesn't get traded or whatever what's it like for the rest of the season is he just kind of like oh well, these guys don't even want me anyways or like how, how does that work well, yeah who knows i think you understand you're that the business for, yeah the business you're all for everybody like i said before every, everybody's for sale like for the right price so you can't take it personally if they uh, they were entertaining like Teams will tell you, like, hey, yeah, our ears are open. We'll listen to any anything that anyone's going to throw at us. Ooh. So I think as a player, you should be able to get over that pretty quick. You know, I think we thought coming into this show that, boy, there'd be more things to talk about during our show time period because mm-hmm. it's trade deadline day, mm-hmm. and we got three hours leading up to it. There hasn't been jack shit except for maybe some drama at the top of the Green Bay Packers organization about who wants to get better, LaFleur, and who doesn't. Good to goods. That's really all we have to talk about. This, I thought today was potentially going to be a and uh, breaking news out of blah, blah, blah. Especially after yesterday when those guys got, those two moves got made like back to back and Schefter was like, oh boy, it's going to be a busy two days. And what, is this us being just like new into the daily? I really thought today was going to be like a... Hey, let's go. Yeah. A lot of action. Hey, we got this going on. Are we pissed? Are we not? Is this team better or worse? Like, I, I was excited for that today. It's just been a big dud. Son of a well, bitch. Over Are the- they all voting? Everybody's yeah, voting. Probably. Oh. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show, especially on today. Uh, hashtag, Pat, I don't know why I listened. Get entered. Get involved. Mm-hmm. Get involved. Get involved. Okay, need to get involved. Uh, big thanks to Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be president someday. That's cool. Yep. Future president, Anthony Gonzalez, was on the show today. That is pretty cool. Shout out to Mark Schlereth. Pretty cool. Stink. Good guy. He sent some chili over. He we got to try that. Yeah, we do. We got to try that. Mm-hmm. That probably came up in a conversation already with him. Now that we're recording this before we actually have the conversation with him, we dropped the ball with not trying his chili that he sent to us. Are you going to tell him that you tried it already? Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> so that was a lie. Everybody just heard that. Um, and shout out to you. We'll be back manana with, uh, you know, All Sports Wednesday. Yeah. Dalvin Cook tomorrow. Oh! Mm-hmm. He ran wild on the Packers, brother. Yes, he did. Can't wait to talk to him. And the other massive guest. Yeah, there is another one. It's massive time. It, it's huge. It's huge. I have it somewhere in here. Somewhere. That's Anyways, this show stinks. Ty, <laughs> please play some independent music. We'll be back tomorrow. If you enjoy the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, just act like it never happened. Cheers. Cheers.